And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo, good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How you doing today? Man, I, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. It's just so hot. <laughs> but, but yeah, we're doing fine. Things are things are going well, getting geared up for a big uh, event this week with nothing other than Eric Stokeby hey. at the Country Squire, so that'll be a lot of fun. But yeah, man, just man working on some new recipes, different pipe tobacco blends and stuff like that. I don't know, mail orders. We're just in the thick of it. Things are going well. So yeah, what's, what's shaking with you, man? Man, also hot. You know, they've got, there's these signs all, all around downtown. Uh, my wife and I noticed we were downtown, uh, I guess, a week or so ago. And we noticed all these like promotional signs are just quotes and that sort of thing. And, and one of them said, I- I'm not sweating. That's just Houston all over my face. <laughs> <laughs> and then one's like, it's not hot. It's Houston, <laughs> that sort of thing. So, yeah, man, it's it's hot here too. But uh, I tell you what, I'm you know very thankful that we've got a uh, swimming pool because I will be diving in that just as soon as we get done. Oh <laughs> man, dude, that that is crazy. It, it, you know, there are parts of this country where it just you know it it, it kind of blows your mind that people even live there. You know, <laughs> right, right, right. It makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, it's 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 tough, man. I know all that concrete and everything. It uh. It just radiates. So, um, yeah. yeah, man, I, I understand. We It's funny, this time of year, you know, uh, being a smoke shop, we have folks that will come in and, you know, we, we don't really see them at any other time of the year, but they come in to smoke because they can't smoke, you know, outside at their at their home. You know, it's just too, it's just too right. hot. And so yeah. uh, we see a lot of folks this time of year that, uh, you know, they're, they're committed to their pipe. And so uh, they're going to come puff uh, in our lounge, which we're happy for them to do as long as they're smoking something they bought at our shop. <laughs> <laughs> it works out pretty good. So <laughs> yeah, do you see that? I mean, like, you, you, do you have like seasonal customers essentially, mm-hmm. like people you might not see, you know, much during the winter, or you yeah. might see less during the summer? And we've got folks that entirely, you know, they'll just give it up entirely, you know, during the during the summer months. And so there's guys that I don't see at all between, uh, let's just say May and and October. I just won't even lay eyes on them, you know. And then you know the right. second half of the football season ticks in college football, and and you you know start seeing some of these familiar faces sneaking in the door and yeah the first you know small little cool snap comes and folks start pulling their pipe back out so we see it we see it all the time it's kind of funny there's this one shoe salesman actually that lives in our area and he has been a faithful customer for years and years but he just does not smoke his pipe between may and late september and so october rolls around william what's up man come on in and good to see you again how was your summer vacation blah 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 and you know time to bust the pipe back out well, there you go man well look that's uh I'm, I'm glad that you're seeing some folks in there it is uh that hot weather that that indoor smoking season if you will <laughs> to be sure <laughs> but uh man i got you know i gotta make mention of this because it's gonna come back to play uh later later on in the episode i, I you know i'm actually i'm about to head uh head out on a my, kind of my first time uh traveling in in about a year and a half since all this began and everything yeah uh me and the missus are headed out to to Las Vegas, dude. That's great. That's great. What, yeah. Like uh, um, for work related stuff or what you got going on? Well, in, in the sense that I need to make some money somehow, so I figured if I go to Vegas, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. Well, you know, the, the, there's so, only so much you can market, right? So, well, right. <laughs> That's exactly right. No, man. We uh, so there's actually there's an immersive theater conference going on. I'm I'm really excited for it. They haven't done it in quite some time for uh, obvious reasons, but uh, some some big name industry uh, folks there, people working in like Imagineering design for Disney and, uh, what, and uh, what, you know, for Earwolf. And, what, uh-huh. what is what is immersive theater? I, I, I don't even have a con- – and, and you're involved in that? I, I don't – just explain. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I, I, I just – I spoke a different language there. No, no worries, man. Uh, yeah. Immersive theater. It's So it, it's kind of this concept – I've shared it with you a little bit before, but it's this concept where as an audience, you can kind of wander around the stage, perhaps engage with the actors. They're completely in character in some kind of immersive theater okay. productions. Like the the audience has agency to be able to influence the the course of the story. Uh, think of it almost to some extent, like almost like a lived video game. It's very unique. It's it's kind of cutting edge theater, and yeah, it's been popular in areas like New York, uh, uh, of course, uh, Los Angeles. Uh, you know, kind of the those larger markets as well. But I think Houston has a has a real potential for it, man. We actually, I wrote a play. Uh, actually, even while I was still living in Jackson, I was working on this play for for some time. 
And uh, yeah, the, right before COVID, the year before COVID in 2019, we were working on making this thing happen. We had a director, we had a cast, we were trying to lock down our location. Uh, the Christmas 2019, we decided to uh, push back by a few uh, a few months, and then you know, COVID said, "Nope, we're right. push back by a year." <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so now it's kind of a question because cool. of the nature of like yeah. you know the you know you get you get in close to the to the you know to the actors sure. and, and such. Yeah. So social distancing really isn't you know isn't uh, a, a immersive theater friendly, and so there's kind of a question <laughs> of where. What does this mean for the industry and kind of the future of this kind of you okay. know, emerging, you know, media and and so that's uh, that's going to be I think a, a major talking point uh, for this conference. But I'm really looking forward to it, man. Uh, uh, my wife is coming. And we're also kind of using this as an excuse to uh, get away. We'll be celebrating our uh, 14 year wedding anniversary. You've so, been married uh, 14 be years. Golly, 14 years, my man. Friend. She yes, needs sir. a medal. <laughs> <laughs> this is very true. That's incredible, man. Congratulations. That's that's great. So that's next week, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. We'll be okay. uh, we heading out here, uh, heading out here shortly. But anyway, that's going to come in back into play for quick fire questions. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> great. Look for a Vegas edition headed your way uh, quite soon. <laughs> hey, man, uh, before we dive into the this uh, week's topic, we need to give a major shout out to Ross Loftus, who is our new Squire member joining at the Squire level for the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's great. Ross, thank you so much, man. That's right. Uh, loft is one imagines he is a loft, and his name is Ross, and uh, and now he is a squire at the uh, Country Squire International Pipe Club. So we, we appreciate you, brother. He also <laughs> uh, uh, wrote in some listener feedback, which I believe uh, we we've got later on in this episode as well. Good, good. All right, man. Today we are talking about retirement. What? How can this be? <laughs> we're not, not that old. Us. I mean, Definitely like, not us. <laughs> what, what is retirement? I, we're, we're in the, we're in our prime. We're in the peak of our, our careers and such <laughs> as, and things. And, and yeah, no, no, we're not, we're not talking about that kind of retirement. If you're looking for, <laughs> you know, when should you retire in terms of like, you know, your finances and stuff, we strongly advise you check out the old fashioned that's finance a, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that, I was about to say that's a different <laughs> podcast altogether. Yeah, we, <laughs> don't put that on us. Definitely <laughs> not us on that one. No, we're talking about when you need to retire a pipe. Now this is mm. perhaps a controversial subject. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of getting into it with the, with the expert here. I mean, John David, you and I are individuals who, to say we're pipe enthusiasts, as, as I think putting it mildly, yeah. uh, we, we ha between the two of us, we have a few pipes, uh, <laughs> what one might say. It's shameful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'll kind of, am, I don't actually know off the top of my head how many pipes I own, actually. Like, I couldn't even, like... <laughs> yeah, someone asked me the other day, and it changes so regularly. Right. Uh, you know, and, and I, I'm adding and occasionally subtracting, and so horse trading, you know, people, uh, different pipes and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, I, it, it just changes. But, um, but yeah, there, there's always that time where you're like, is can, can I still... Can I still use this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So this, and that's really what this, this question is about. So, I mean, I think we all have that pipe or, or perhaps a few of them that hold a special place. Maybe they've been in our pipe collection for quite some time. In fact, most likely that's the case because we've been uh, smoking it. No matter what the yeah. nicest pipe you have, you still go back to whatever that thing is. It could be some crate, you know, like, you know, some less than stellar gas station pipe that you have some yeah. sort of cherished memory with. Uh, it could be the very first pipe that you were given by a friend. It could be uh, a, a relative's pipe, perhaps a grandfather's pipe that mm -hmm. was passed down mm -hmm. to you. There's all kinds of pipes like that that hold extreme special sentiment to to us, even though they might not be that great anymore, or perhaps maybe <laughs> never even was. So let, let's let's dive into this first. When to when to retire a pipe? You know, for me, I guess the obvious is when it's just not smokable anymore. So I, I got to ask you, John David, when when does a pipe kind of become not smokable? I know, and and that that's the that's the issue, right? You've got all these uh, things to think about as far as the functionality of a pipe, and uh, you know if it's worth your time, and are you uh, not enjoying? Is it? Do you have to fight with it more than you're actually mm. enjoying smoking it, and wow. those kind of things? And so, um, you know, the life cycle of a pipe, right? At, at, at what point do you uh, do you give it up? And it, you know, kind of stepping back for a, a second, what uh, kind of helped me 
framed this up, uh, you know, really well. I, recently, if you've listened for a long time to the show, you'll know that I collect a brand of pipes called Sheraton Pipes. Uh, Sheratons were a historic pipe company that no longer exists. I think it technically exists as a Dunhill second, but I don't even think they, they put that name on there anymore. Our shop, you know, was a Sheraton shop. We sold them and loved them and believed in them for, for decades. And it was our founder's favorite pipe brand and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I just have an affinity for these Sheratons. Uh, even at the shop, we've got this ad that we have framed at the hanging on the wall. And in the early 70s, they had a trunk show at the Country Squire with the world's most expensive pipe. And it was a $10,000 Sheraton pipe that uh, that came uh, to the shop. And then they sold other Sheratons kind of around that pipe. But by the way, $10,000 today is almost $70,000. So that's, Ooh, a, that's wow. a really expensive pipe. I'm like, man, what kind of hot air balloon millionaire? Or do you have to be to, <laughs> to buy something ignorant like that? But anyway, you know, I, I've gone through so many of these pipes, these Sheratons that I've purchased, and I've been kind of on a on a little buying spree recently. It's something where I've kind of you know found a few that have kind of tugged on me, and I've gotten the bug again, and uh, I've kind of gone through my collection and decided, well, you know, I I kind of you know I'm missing some in this in this arena over here, and uh, I'd like to get some more that kind of look like this or have this you know shape or you know, sandblasted versus smooth and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, you go through so many estate pipes and, and so you start to think you're, you're confronted with all these old pipes and you're like, man, some of these have really heavy usage. It's like, I don't think they were smoking them. Mm. I think they were used as a, you know, as, as a cudgel. <laughs> 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 Someone was bludgeoning a like I don't know trying to you know put a I, who knows I mean it's just crazy it's like man did someone you know drag this thing uh, behind a horse or something like what happened and uh, some of these pipes are just really beat up and so all this heavy heavy usage got me thinking you know when is it worth it what, at what point do uh, some pipes some uh, have just been so abused that they require a lot of work and some even if you did all the work may not be worth it in the end. And it's crazy because you, you've got these pipes that, well, yeah, you could get them cleaned up and spend a lot of time on them, but they're not good smokers to begin with. You know, these mm. are pipes that, you know, maybe they weren't even, weren't good smokers or, you know, you got to think about all the stuff that goes into restoring a pipe. Bo, you've never restored a pipe before, have you? No, I mean, I've had a pipe restored for me, but I've, I've obviously never done the, uh, you know, yeah. the, the hard work myself. Well, I mean... <laughs> Think about, okay, so you've got this pipe, you can envision it in your mind, this huge, thick, nasty cake, a stem that is really oxidized if it's even in one shape, one one piece, uh, all the reaming and scrubbing and sanding, particularly on the stem and polishing, waxing, it, it, just this whole thing that you kind of go through, the ritual of cleaning a pipe and the, the elbow grease. And that's if the stain isn't ruined on the pipe. That's if the pipe, you know, has a decent finish still and, you know, or if the, something crazy happened, like is the shank broken or uh, doesn't need some other major repair. And so kind of got all these things in mind, like, is it worth it to try to put some elbow grease into this pipe and, and get it smoking again? Even if I did that, would it would it be any good? It, it, it can be a long, drawn-out decision that uh, a pipe smoker kind of has to begrudgedly make over, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like uh, kind of coming to terms with the fact that their pipe needs to be put down, you know? <laughs> so... <laughs> So, yeah, this week we're going to look at, you know, kind of when to retire a pipe. Then next week we'll look at, you know, buying uh, some pipes, acquiring pipes, uh, particularly with the slant towards the higher higher dollar pipes and why we might do that. Right. When do, when do we become those, uh, would you would you call it, you said, you said hot air balloon millionaire. Yeah, man. It's like, you know, Jeff Bezos or whatever. It's what what they, what they say, the guy that, you know, killed all the bookstores is, you know, going into space on a, you know, spaceship that looks like something. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'll yeah, be next week. It's like, you know, that's, yeah, I'm just saying that kind of guy, you, you know, that buys the uh, the uh, seventy thousand uh, dollar Sheraton. So anyway. it, it's gonna, it, it'll be a super relatable uh, podcast then. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man. All right, so so you know, as you mentioned, you you have seen some pipes in your days that have come through the doors that have have been in one might call trash condition. <laughs> you might call it that. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the last time you actually like looked at one? All right, well, let me put it this way. I'm a fan of fishing. People know this about yeah, me. Sure. I, I enjoy saltwater fishing and fishing off the coast. In fact, the last three weeks, uh, we have gone down to the coast uh, every single weekend, and I've been doing some fishing down there. 
and uh, absolutely love it. But I get these cheapo fishing reels because the salt water absolutely corrodes the absolute crud out of them. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely it does. And so I've just been kind of like storing them up and I thought, okay, well, you know, maybe I'll just take them to a place and get them all fixed up. I drove an hour outside of town to find somebody that works on reels. Guy took one look at my entire box and said, you know what? You might as well just throw those away. It's just trash. I'm, yeah. It's just, it's just trash. We, he said, we call these tossers. And so I was like, all right. <laughs> he called them tossers. <laughs> he calls them tossers. Oh, I have a new name so for crummy pipes now. That's awesome. Well, that's what I want to know, John David. When's the last time that you saw a tosser? Man, it was, uh, it was, it was Thursday of last week. <laughs> Actually, man, you know, it, it is it's precious. These guys, you know, they come in and the ones that where you, where you don't just come out and say that uh, are, are particularly the ones where, um, you know, they inherited a piece or something. And so, Ooh, yeah, you know, yeah. that's that those aren't tossers. I mean, that's a that's a sentimental item, you know, but this stuff where people buy, you know, a twelve dollar pipe at an estate sale or, you know, at it really at a flea market is where you see it mostly. And it's, uh, you know, it's got Bondo on it. It's covered in duct tape and, you know, half the bowl's blown out. And they're like, well, man, I saw this historic pipe and I thought, man, this is cool. Could we clean it up? And maybe I could learn how to smoke a pipe. And mm. I was like, well, how much did you give for it? And, you know, they were like, well, you know, 12, 15 bucks. And I'm like, well, can you can you take it back? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you could invest that money, or uh, you you could even buy some bubble gum if you wanted to. <laughs> you could buy some cheeseburger, you know. Yeah, it's just it's 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 crazy. It happens a lot oh, though. Wow. Folks that are you know don't have a discerning eye for pipe related stuff, which obviously is most of America or the world. Uh, you, you go to these flea markets or thrift shops or places like that, and you'll find these older pipes that you know just have been really abused, or even if they're not abused, they just don't have a ton of value. But um, but yeah, you know the 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 neglect the damage <laughs> they uh they come in and you have to let the uh let the owner of this pipe know you know very very graciously and gently if you can that, that your pipe is a tosser <laughs> so, yeah we, we all know that briar it's a durable material you know it can theoretically be smoked forever if it's treated properly i mean i've got folks that regularly smoke uh, pipes, uh, you know, that were from the 19th century. Um, you know, when, when I say regularly, I mean, you're not going to smoke a pipe that was made in 1870 every day, but you might light it up once a year, you know, if it's in, in exquisite shape. Eventually, though, through abuse and neglect, damage, you know, the smoker may have to make that decision. Can I keep smoking this pipe? And so um, what is an unsmokable pipe, right? Like what, <laughs> what does that look like? Briar is so uh, resilient, it's so good that, you know, an unsmokable pipe really has to be pretty bad. You know, if you think about it, some folks decide their pipe is kind of unsmokable if they can't get a certain taste out of the pipe. It might start to sour or maybe it's molded or, you know, maybe maybe one of their, you know, cousins clandestinely borrowed their pipe and smoked something other than mm. tobacco out of the pipe and they mm. can't get that flavor out kind of thing. <laughs> um you know, these are a lot of times these are generally f fixable items. You know, you can do all kinds of witchcraft to get your pipe back in shape. But sometimes even the salt treatment or whatever uh, just doesn't make the pipe taste right. And particularly if your tastes have changed over time, let's say you've got a pipe that uh, you just spent years and years smoking one cue out of. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, or over time, you've kind of graduated more towards, you know, sophisticated Balkan blends or whatever it might be. Sometimes it's just hard to get those tastes out. And then, you know, you might have the issue of hairline fractures that cracks that appear in the in the briar. This is where your intuition on the integrity of the briar is really critical. You have to kind of know your pipe and know like, okay, well, can it can it handle the heat? Is it something that if I baby, I can still kind of use this sometimes? Sometimes hairline cracks can be tolerated if they are on parts of the pipe that don't sustain a whole uh, lot of heat, particularly, you know, at the end of the shank, if you see a little hairline crack there, maybe it's the top of the bowl, particularly on the front side. But you, you, there again, you kind of have to know your pipe. It, can it stand up to the heat? It, can it take the abuse? And, and, you know, if I smoke it once a week, baby it, will it 
will it be okay? So if you continue to use the pipe, you have to be gentle with it and, and know kind of, can this pipe maintain its uh, its integrity? I've got a pipe like this. I mentioned, you know, my Sheraton's earlier, and I've got this one that is just stunning. It's a beautiful uh, kind of bent Dublin with squat Dublin. They had all these funky shapes, you know, in the 60s, and they're just weird and, and cool. The pipe is great, but it's got this little hairline crack there at the bottom of the uh, of the mortise hole. And so I just I just don't smoke that pipe very often, but I, I just feel like if I, you know, never touched it again, it'd be a tragedy. <laughs> so I could, you know, pull it out occasionally if I'm smoking a, you know, maybe a bowl of Christmas cheer or something that I, you know, kind of know know how to smoke really well and can, you know, just kind of nurse on that pipe and 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 smoke it at the right temperature. So, you know, you've got those issues, but the the real killer when it comes to a pipe's functionality are really the fissures and the holes that can rarely ever be fixed. Uh, you know, we're talking about deep crevices in the wood, uh, splits and splinters, uh, uh, literal holes that burn out on the side of a pipe. There are just very few uh, cases in which some of these things can be remedied. Sometimes on the end of the shank, you know, if you've got some of that on the on the end of the shank towards the stem, uh, you know, you might be able to saw off some of that and and refit the stem, or or maybe put a band on the end. But but a lot of times, if it's a split or a a giant fissure or a g- big piece of wood has just you know cleaved off the side of your pipe, that's just not going to be possible. And, and sometimes there might not be enough briar left to kind of let you tinker with the proportions of it to mm. to get it back right. So I've seen some of the crazy easiest, most desperate ways that people try to save a pipe because it was their owner's favorite. It's one of those things where, okay, well, if the pipe has one of these fatal flaws, you can either put it on the shelf and say, well done, good and faithful servant, retire the jersey, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or, you know, you can just go through your denial period and try all kinds of of witchcraft. And we we refer to these pipes as Franken pipes (laughs) because (laughs) they're just cobbled together. It's crazy. It's not a lie. Seriously, man, it's just, it's nuts. (laughs) Like you should not powder coat your pipe. Like that's something you shouldn't do. Like you shouldn't put Bondo on on a pipe like that it just it doesn't it, it's not made for that it's not it's not even healthy <laughs> <You know? laughs> so uh man i've seen folks they've covered blown out pipes with they've covered them with resin they've dipped them in epoxy they have literally powder coated a pipe I, they, I've, I've seen people put metal band like they've taken a uh, a wire coat hanger and they've made a metal band around the outside of a deconstructed bowl, uh, almost almost treating the bowl of the pipe like a bourbon barrel kind of thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just wow. crazy. Wow. Okay. Like, at some point, it's, it, but they're like, well, I just, I've got this pipe seasoned just right, and it tastes good, and uh, it smokes, uh, you know, just how it's supposed to and everything, and I just, I'm, I'm hanging on to it, and I'm like, well... Maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> maybe maybe you ought to put the old uh, the old send the old horse to the glue factory. I don't know. <laughs> Man, okay. So, but but let's talk about that, right? Because there is there is kind of this sense of like, okay, well, you know, there is this attachment to the pipe. There is kind of this this point in which you know they they have made their Frankenstein. Well, actually, I you know I want to I want to ask you a little bit more about that because I, I do find that concept like when you see Franken pipes like. What's the most bizarre one you've seen? Like most bizarre attempt to maintain something? Yeah, that- I forget the material, but someone had taken their the shank on a uh, straight billiard pipe that they had had blown off the side. Imagine like a big chip kind of flying off. And so uh, the stem, it wasn't able to to hold a stem anymore because part of the mortise hole was literally missing. And so uh, what this gentleman did, there was a some kind of spray foam material Ooh. that you're supposed to like, <laughs> this is like, don't do this at home. This is not, it, it just, you, you don't want to put this anywhere near your mouth. <laughs> but this guy, he had gotten some of the spray foam material that you're supposed to spray like in the bottom of your basement or your crawl space to like ooh, fix leaks in ooh, the in the bricks <laughs> yeah yeah and so he'd taken this spray foam stuff that you're supposed to like seal up your crawl space with under your house and like prevent moisture from you know getting through the brick and he he, he used that to attach his you know to kind of finish out the end of his of his pipe so that his stem would sh- stay in the pipe I man i saw it and was I, I was just i was just horrified for the guy like man you, you've been smoking that 
like, you know, we talked about fixing stems a week or two ago, but like, man, that you just got to at some point throw in the towel here. I mean, come on. We, right. you, don't, you don't want the smoke that's going in your mouth anywhere near that. <laughs> man. Okay. So then there comes the question, right? Like, you know, we've already touched on this a bit, but, but what is it that really makes people want to maintain that pipe? Because I think that really kind of goes yeah. into the decision making process as to what comes next. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And so much of it, frankly, is, you know, personal connection to the pipe. You know, a, a lot of pipes can be restored, but is it worth it? And really, that's where you have to imagine, like, is this, you know, for personal enjoyment or, or are you more concerned about, like, reselling the pipe or the value of the pipe? And and at some point, you know, people just sentimentally are connected to their pipe. And so, you know, the enjoyment, if, if it does have a deeper meaning, if it's something that is, um, you know, a, a value to you emotionally, um, you know, you can put up with a lot of leeway in trying to trying to fix that pipe, right? I mean, that guy, like for <laughs> for whatever reason, it, it was very important to him that he continued to smoke that particular pipe. So, it, you know, if it smokes great or is sentimental, you know, you may not care that the stain is ruined on the pipe or uh, there's other, you know, some other major. Uh, you know, aesthetic flaw. But other issues include, was a pipe not drilled properly? Would it, over time, a lot of that, you know, gets pronounced more over time. So if it's not drilled properly, it's going to start smoking a little wet, but then might get wetter and wetter as time goes on. You know, it, it's something that, well, you just like, is it worth uh, putting up with that? You know, how how important is the pipe to you? And how much are you enjoying smoking it rather than fighting with it? You know, yeah, I think it, I think it just has a lot to do with the emotional connectivity to the pipes. So many of us as pipe smokers have that. We're romantics at heart. We eat that kind of stuff up, you know? So what do you do? But let's say that like, you know, you're now putting yourself in the shoes of that person coming in and, and they've got the pipe. It's, it's looking a little rough around the edges. It, it, it's they've, they've made the decision. Okay. You know what? If I continue to smoke this, and I think this is a really important you know, mindset to have. If I continue to smoke this, it's going to get to the point where it's not really a pipe so much as it is a, you know, a, a, <laughs> a husk, a husk, right? A yeah. soulless husk, <laughs> right? And and you know, I would I would make the argument that there's value in not pushing it. Now, some people would would disagree. They'd say yeah. like, "Hey, smoke it, smoke it, you know, smoke them if you got them, right?" So so you know, yeah, it's a tool. You you, you use it until it's gone, right? I'm exactly. gonna, it's like your car that you run into the ground, kind of thing. I'm gonna drive it till the wheels fall off. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Of, yeah. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that mindset at all, right? Yeah, sure. But I would say for somebody who has kind of that sentimental attachment, there are things that you can do to like retire your pipe with dignity. Okay, that's 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 the challenge I think I want to try to present with here. Right? You sound like a funeral home salesman, like you know. <laughs> well, if you get this casket over here, like the right, we'll sell it with this tuxedo or this urn. You know, it goes great. We'll see this insurance policy for your pipe. <laughs> Not a casket, a shadow box. <laughs> a shadow box. <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm serious, man. I think I shared this maybe a while back. I can't remember if I did or not, but I, I can't remember if it was for one of our anniversaries or if it was my, my wife's birthday. But we, over the course of our marriage, have a chessboard that we got back when we lived in Memphis. Oh, yeah. You've shared this before. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And like over time, you know, it was this like cheapo Walmart little chessboard we got. We didn't have any money back then. And so what we did is we, we did what we called change dates and we'd save up uh, our change in a, in a jar and then we got enough, we would take the uh, the chessboard and we would go to the, the local coffee shop and we would have change dates and, uh, and you know, buy ourselves some coffee and play chess. And so every single time we did this, we wrote into the little box of the, of the chessboard of the location and the date of when we played. Well, as time goes on and we, you know, increased, uh, you know, in, in our uh, success and that sort of thing, the, the local uh, coffee shop started becoming like Italy and Greece and, and all these like wonderful places that <laughs> as we've been able to travel the world. And so, you know, we finished it a couple of years ago. And so what I did was I brought to a local kind of framing shop and while i was there i saw like one of the coolest things it was like a you know like i guess like a shadow box or a glass box i don't know what they're called but like somebody had taken and they had framed up their pipes and they had framed them up you know with like some of their fishing gear and all that kind of stuff and i was wow, like wow oh that's neat yeah and i've got like right now yeah. in my collection i have a pipe that i know that that is exactly where it's going to end up it's not there yet because i still enjoy smoking it but it is it's the oldest pipe that i have it's the first pipe i ever bought yeah and it is it is very special to me and i do not want it 
just breaking on me one day or me, you know, like overheating it or just getting to the point where it's just disgusting and I learn to hate it. I want to be able to retire that thing with dignity and put it in yeah. a special place, not just for yeah. me, but for my kids, you know, but for your kids too. Right. Yeah. I, I think there's, there's some real, some real value to that. You know, uh, there is, is some real uh, incredible value to that, particularly is something that, you know, might even be passed down generation to generation type thing. You know, I, I, we've got folks at the store that have done that before with either their first pipe or maybe a loved ones that's deceased their, uh, you know, favorite pipe or something of that nature. But uh, shadow boxes or pipe racks where you've kind of got, uh, you know, stuff displayed, almost like a little monument or memorial. I think those things have value uh, to the pipe smoker. They certainly don't belong in a drawer somewhere where you're not able to enjoy and appreciate mm-hmm. them and, and the the emotions that are evoked by some of those old pipes that that have some miles on them. Yeah, I'd be interested to know what, you know, some of our listeners, how they've retired their pipes or if they have pipes that they, uh, you know, just don't smoke, you know, keep displayed somewhere, kind of what that looks like. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear some ideas and some thoughts that exist there. You know, there is no shame to, uh, what do you, what do you, well done, my good and faithful sir. <laughs> <laughs> are we God in this? <laughs> you just retire the jersey. You're just, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, put it in its we're eternal ha- resting place. Putting it we're out hanging the your numbers up. Right, yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, I, think, I think there's something to that. And, there you know, was a, I had a friend go to, uh, it was some shop in California. I'll have to ask him where, where he went again. I can't remember. But they had a wall of shame for, uh, for pipes that basically these pipes that customers over the years had brought in uh, that were all cobbled together, Franken pipes, you know, and, and at some point they just became so unusable that they just wound up on the wall of shame. Like, and so <laughs> it was almost like a point of pride to, to put so many miles on a pipe that it would like, you know, make it to that wall kind of deal, you know, and I, I like that concept. It seems like something that we ought to do with the Squire, you know, <laughs> where you've got these pipes that are just like, you just tried too hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know, there, there is something to that. I mean, like, you know, it, it, there's, there could be a wall of shame, but you know, you could also do a little wall of honor. You know, you could you could you could have some uh, some, some pipes right. there. You know, actually, I always you know I love it. The um you know the Chicago Pipe Show occasionally they'll have uh you know some some famous folks will donate their pipe collection and you'll be mm-hmm. able to see see those on display and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, have you ever actually you know what? All right, this I'm just getting an idea here. You ever you ever consider doing that? Like you know having Brian Levine send you a couple of his pipes to be on display for people to come see at the Squire. Oh, it'd be kind of neat. Yeah, actually, you know, if you did something about like a, you know, like his Disney collection or something like that, it'd be kind of fun. I'd like that. Yeah. I think they could bring something to that, actually. I don't know. Every year at uh, at Chicago, a lot of times they do feature a collection like that. So uh, I wonder if Brian's been approached on uh, on his Disney pipes or maybe one day my Sheraton collection will be decent enough to where they'll give me the nod for that. But they, they there's some beautiful, stunning collections that uh, have appeared there over the years. I always like looking through those cases. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right. Well, there you go. Any any other kind of final thoughts on uh, retiring the pipe? There are a lot of ways to fix a broken pipe. And so, you know, a lot of people, they think, you know, oh, the stem broke on this pipe. Well, you know, you can get a new stem and, you know, there's a hole in the top part of the pipe. Well, you know, if you don't if you fill it up that tall, you know, then maybe you can still smoke it a little bit. I mean, I don't know. There's always ways to kind of redeem the smoking experience with, with a pipe. But a lot of times, you know, you do get to the point where you can't save it and it's time to time to uh, set it aside and give it the retirement it deserves. <laughs> you, know, you think about these pipes and everything. A lot of times you may think specifically about, you know, like I said, the, the, the expensive pipes, like, oh man, I, I, I'm spend a lot of money on this pipe. I, I can't just toss it. It's yeah. got to be here for a while. But for I, I would actually argue that the majority of us who do have those sentimental ties to the pipes, more often than not, it is not the the high-end pipes. It's typically something that's extremely affordable, kind of like a good affordable pipe from our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum. Man, that is right. One good thing about the pipes at Missouri Meerschaum, they are all made of very high-quality material and thoughtfully put together. Now, it is a corncob pipe. It's something that has a limited lifespan if you're you know putting a lot of miles on it. But uh, for the price that you pay, it certainly is uh, is very durable and, and affordable and something that uh, can be used for a long time. So uh, check it out. Uh, they've got a great selection of corncob pipes on their website, corncobpipe.com. Uh, they also now feature Old Dominion clay pipes and have a nice selection of those as well. So um, you can go to their website. They'll send you a pipe right to your front door, and we appreciate them for sponsoring us. All right, man. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pipe Question of the Week. Pipe Question of the Week this week. Coming in from JP, who writes in saying, I know that I'm supposed to rest my pipe after each bowl, some say 24 hours, before smoking it again. That's not an issue when I'm at home, but when I'm camping and fishing, I mean, I want to smoke like four to five bowls a day. Does that mean I need to pack yeah. four to five to six to be safe pipes with me when I go camping? <laughs> uh, is there a smarter, more effective way to enjoy four to five bowls without having to pack as many pipes? And again, that is from JP. What a great question. Yeah, JP, good question. You know, I, I mentioned in the kind of the commentary before about knowing when to retire a pipe. Like you, 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 on some pipes, you kind of have this intuition about what they can handle and what they can't handle. You know, like maybe you've smoked a pipe enough and it it's not, you know, I imagine if you're going fishing, you don't want to take like your, uh, you know, collectible uh, Sixton Iverson <laughs> you know, briar that is enough to, you know, send your kids to college if you sold it kind of thing. I mean, you're not going to take a pipe like that out there. But, you know, let's say you've got an old workhorse pipe and it's a, let's say a standwell and that standwell you have put some miles on before and, and feel confident that, you know, if I run a couple of bowls through it in one day, um, and then let it sit for a couple days, it could probably be fine, you know. I would kind of pick those workhorse pipes that you know can be relied on for that type of thing. I've got a couple of pipes like that. Uh, one is a Kamoi that I use when I do yard work, and it's uh, it's probably from the early 80s, you know, just a simple billiard, very light, kind of thin walls, but it's, uh, it's a workhorse pipe. It's something I know that I can run a few bowls uh, through, and then it'll still be okay. But then I'm sure I, I'm, I'm very deliberate after that, though, to let the pipe rest, to let it sit for several days. And so, you know, if you're going on a long weekend thing and want to take uh, two or three pipes, uh, I think that's fine. Take a take two or three that are good briars that you feel confident that they can kind of take some abuse because they're uh, they're made for uh, rugged usage, you know, and, and I, th- I think you'll be okay. You know, I wouldn't trust any pipe like that. I would certainly use pipes that you've gotten familiar with and you kind of have an intuition that they're going to be able to stand up to the pressure 
you know, I think as long as you rest a pipe uh, several days after you smoke it, you know, if you need to put a couple balls through it, you you can. I mean, goodness, you're fishing. Like, enjoy enjoy your time. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's exactly right. Man, I, I have abused several, like, Missouri Meerschaum pipes on fishing trips. <laughs> yeah, sure. and, and lost several, I'm sure, as well. <laughs> this, is, this is very true. This is one of a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a frequent customer from that sta- <laughs> standpoint. So. <laughs> Great question, JP. And hey, um, if you've got a pipe question for us, be sure to send it into the show. That is show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Again, that's show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Quick fire with the Squire. All right, man. Quick fire questions. As I mentioned at the top of the show, as I'm gearing up for Vegas, man, this is the Vegas edition of quick fire questions. Okay, good. Have you been to Vegas out of curiosity? I never have. I was supposed to go last year for the tobacconist convention, and oh, yeah. uh, and of course, you know, the world ended, and so. Did I was say, and, what, and what happened? Why why didn't you go? Oh, yeah. yeah, and then you know, this year they actually did have it. This year, the PCA convention, but you know, I had a baby four months ago, and so I just was not gonna do that to my my wife. <laughs> That's crazy. I thought you left the PCA anyway. Um, all right. So. Yeah, I know. I you know, I, jo- I joked about that. Yeah, but Bo's referencing my former church denomination is is called the PCA. I'm not no longer Presbyterian, but uh, but it's funny. I was joking with someone. They were like, uh, man, I guess the PCA still still found a way to keep you, you know. <laughs> <So> <laughs> they changed their our, our trade organization, changed its name from the IPCPR to the PCA. It was the International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers something i can't remember and now it's just the premium cigar association which is a pipe smoker i'm i'm still a little little chapped about but anyway right right, right. <laughs> uh, it is it is what it is hey it was predestined to be all right here we go yeah. uh <laughs> vegas edition man uh texas hold'em or blackjack blackjack i you know i've actually never played texas hold'em i may have played I may, I may have played three hands of Texas Hold'em. Okay, because I, I was about to say, I have literally played at your house. I know that you've played uh, Texas, Texas Hold'em. Hold'em? Yeah, you had really? a Hold'em game. I mean, this was like forever ago. <laughs> but yeah, man. Yeah, maybe I was not in my right state of mind <laughs> during that <laughs> evening or so, because I don't remember that at all. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Blackjack. It's, you know, it's fun. You go, it's very approachable. You go up there, lose a few hands, get you a cocktail and, and keep rolling, you know? <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a Texas Hold'em guy. I love Texas Hold'em. Uh, okay. I've, I, I, you know, I know that Blackjack's an easy game and yet I've never been able to really fully figure it out. Math. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. 21, baby. <laughs> uh, roulette or craps? Um, never played either there again. Um, but uh, craps seems like more fun to me. Mm. Uh, first of all, it's the, it's called craps. I mean, that, that's just, <laughs> let's, let's just put a point in its column for that purpose. But, uh, you know, these, there's those images of, uh, you know, folks sitting around the craps table and you got this big crowd that's kind of congregated and everyone's, oh, blow on my dice, sweetie, you know, and all this stuff. And, you know, before you know it, everyone's either, really excited or about to go jump off the top of the building. Right. <laughs> so, well, they always win in the movies. So. In the movies, they always win. Right. So I'll, I'll go with craps. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, no, I've been trying to uh, learn about craps, but again, I think the math is too complicated for me. So I think I'm going to be playing roulette. I think uh, I think I'm going to go with roulette. Uh, and, uh, and, and see how that goes. <laughs> Bo's like pretty colors and round circles that spin. That's hey, perfect. <laughs> hey, shut up. <laughs> that's the accuracy. <laughs> You're not giving Mississippians a good name on the math front today. Okay, hey, Bo, <laughs> I'm not trying to be a stereotype. Everybody else is, is making me look bad. That's, that's good. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. Uh, next up, Ocean's 11 or Ocean's 13. I don't remember Ocean's 13 if I've ever seen that. So, um, so I got to go with, uh, with 11. Yeah, I wish 11 more more iconic. Uh, 13, uh, a fine conclusion to the franchise, but an unnecessary one. I think Ocean's 11 was great. And then finally, Blue Man Group or Chris Angel, Mind Freak. I don't know what a Mind Freak or a Chris Angel is, but I do know what a Blue Man Group is. And I'll I'll go with that one today. All right, so we're going with uh, with Blue Man Group. Uh, yeah, I'd, I would do that as well. All right, well there you go. That's the uh, that's the Las Vegas edition of Quick Fire Questions. <laughs> we'll 
We'll I, I would love to go to Vegas. That'd be that'd be fun, man. We I really was excited about going this past year. And uh, for our trade organization, there's always a big group of pipe people that are out there. And, you know, just something I've never done, never made it to uh, before. Uh, of course, every single year, the Las Vegas Pipe Show, uh, I say every single year, except for last year and this year. Right, right, <laughs> well, right. West Coast Pipe Show is in Vegas. And, man, I've just, uh, some of the uh, most interesting carvers uh, in the United States are always there. And it's kind of this crew of, you know, folks from that part of the country that may not make it to uh, Chicago or, uh, you know, Richmond or any of the Eastern uh, shows. And so I'd uh, love to get out there sometime, man, but I uh, but haven't yet. So uh, maybe maybe in the near future. All right. So there you go. Those are quick fire questions. Hey, if you've got quick fire questions for us, send it into the show. That is show at countrysquireradio.com. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. man we got some great listener feedback in this week as i mentioned at the top of the show ross our new squire member uh wrote yeah. in he says i've been a long time off and on listener for the past four years today while listening to one of the shows in the backlog i decided I, i've been a freeloader long enough needless <laughs> to say i am happy to help support a great production and be involved in a fantastic community uh and again that is from ross well ross oh man Welcome aboard, and thank you so much for uh, for helping make this show happen as a uh, as a club member and uh, patron over at patreon.com slash countrysquireradio. Yeah, that's great. Ross, thank you so much, man, and uh, we're glad you're just, uh, I don't know, getting official. <laughs> <laughs> Make, making it official. I love it. And then, uh, man, we also got in one from Matt. What did Matt have to say? He says, howdy. He says, I'm an Aggie. I got to say howdy. <laughs> uh, man, so where to start? So much to say. Uh, started smoking cigars over 20 years ago. Always loved the idea of smoking a pipe. Your show is the mentor and shop I don't have around me. I have enjoyed the show on so many levels. Uh, love listening to the chemistry of you guys on the air. I love that you both are good characters and Christian, etc. Which you know is uh, we appreciate that, but uh, <laughs> we we have plenty of flaws. Um, uh, he goes on to say, "I love that uh, the podcast is so educational, and I love that my sons, twelve and nine, uh, can also listen with me. Listening with my sons is an opportunity to educate and parent about indulgences and balance in life. Hmm. Uh, so the podcast." Podcast fills a lot of that space with me. Thank you for putting on the podcast and making it available. I now have nine pipes. My favorite is a Nording Freehand Oversized. It's a three and a half ounce monster, and it's great in the hand and smokes so well. I'm also figuring out that I love me some HH Bold Kentucky from MacBaron, but I have to keep smoking other blends to see if it just keeps getting better and better. Thanks so much for all you guys do to put on the show, and that's from Matt. And uh, Matt, we love you even though you are a, a Texas A&M uh, Aggie. <laughs> no, that's great. Good good feedback, man. We really appreciate it. And uh, man, we're so glad you get to live authentically in front of your front of your sons and kind of rope them into your um, you know, your pastime with the pipe. That's uh that's great. We uh, my wife and I were talking about that the other day how we we enjoy wine and uh we drink probably way too much wine. But anyway, we're trying to model, you know, in front of our small children, like responsible usage of stuff. And so kind of roping them in on that and getting them to understand the balance of it. And it's a good thing, you know, so you get to live authentically with your pipe in front of your little ones and they'll probably be better people because of it, you know? There you go, man. That's good stuff. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for that feedback. We really appreciate you, brother. And um, yeah, glad, glad that you're listening. That, uh, yeah, so there you go. Retiring the pipe. One final thought that I wanted to kind of just add here as we kind of uh, close out the show. You know, I was just thinking about, you know, kind of what Matt said too about, you know, just kind of the importance of uh, te teaching the kids about, you know, by, uh, enjoying things responsibly, that sort of thing. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, when kind of referring to a pipe or really kind of anything that you own, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a thing. Right. Like we, we associate like all these kind of emotional things to or emotional feelings rather to towards these things. But, you know, it's just it's just a block of block of wood. It's just a, you know, carved out pipe. It's just, you know, at this point might might be just more of like a little more than a, a couple of amber embers. Uh, husk. Uh, husk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but, you know, it is it, it while physically that's what it is it, it, to us individually. It, it means something more. It's the memories that you're able to share, the conversations that you were able to enjoy along the way. It's. You know, and I would I would make the argument and I could be wrong, but I would make the argument that especially for, you know, folks who have become pipe smokers in, in more recent years.
recent years. A large reason why we came to that is because, you know, we liked the the notion of being contemplative, of stopping and kind of getting some thought behind the things that we're saying and not just jumping to saying whatever you yeah. know, crazy thing pops into our head. And I think that there's, you know, the pipe has kind of been this, you know, we, we've used the term talisman before of, of kind of this tool or what, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call mm-hmm. it, uh, this work of art that has really been something that is, has unified many of us and, and allowed us to be better versions of ourselves. So I just want to say that, like, you know, at the end of the day, I know that when, whenever we kind of wax poetic, we, we get some feedback from time to time from listeners like, well, guys, it's just a pipe. Just, you know, you, you just smoke <laughs> pipe tobacco in it and everything else. Stop being all whatever. And, and that's fine. And I, there's nothing wrong with having that mindset. But, you know, at the same time, you know, there's, you know, the, the memories that you have along the way, I would argue that even the most curmudgeon uh, of, of pipe smokers yeah. has quite a few memories that, that came along the way they've been able to enjoy with their pipe. And so I would just I would just encourage everybody to kind of, you know, pause and reflect on that. Um, yeah. There's there's more going on. You know, there's there's the way in which we enjoy our par- pipe that we kind of uh, pass on to the next generation and, and to those around us. And there's, you know, ways in which we've kind of, you know, been able to kind of minister to ourselves and, and otherwise uh, by enjoying our pipe with, with good friends. And even if just in a moment of, of quiet contemplation. So yeah, uh, the pipe, though it is just a thing does reserve a, you know, deserve a little bit of respect and I say retire it well. (laughs) There's a saying, uh, that, that I appreciate. And, you know, we, um, obviously, uh, you know, emotions and, uh, relationships and, and memories and those kind of things are paramount, but, but there's a saying that is important to me and it's that, uh, the matter matters. And mm, wow, um, yeah, I think there's something to that, you know, yeah. uh, something about the significance of the the tools we use and the motions we go through and the uh, energy and love that we put into them and the craft and care that was taken in forming them and um, yeah, matter matters. So so let's be okay with that. <laughs> oh, good stuff. All right, well, good deal. Well, that is going to do it for us for this week. Of course, you can keep up with the show. You can follow uh, the show at Squire Radio. You can follow John David at John David Cole or the shop's handle is at underscore. Country Squire. Uh, you can also find all that information and more at CountrySquireRadio.com. Well, man, I'm, uh, I'm going to go pack my bags and uh, try not to lose any money. All right, man. You get, <laughs> just go uh, put it all on red or whatever, and uh, if you need a spot to get home, let me know. <laughs> you, you may regret that. I know, right? I'm not bailing you out of jail. <laughs> not again. Not again. Right. Not again. All right, man. Let's go have a day. See you, brother. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.